Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Toure. And I'm Danielle Moody. And I have a joke to tell you. What? It's very, very funny. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting. T- today, Donald Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Who did he pay? Oh, my God. I was dying in tears laughing when I saw that some far-right Norwegian politician person. I don't know. I mean, like... Can you just nominate... You can nominate anybody? Clearly, you can nominate anybody. I mean, I think if you go back through history, you'll see all kinds of crazy people have been nominated. Anybody can be nominated. (laughs) <laughs> well then, you know what? Next year, Torre, your year, your year is coming. <laughs> I promise to nominate I mean, you. I, I mean, come on, peep. I mean, like the 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 hatred, the divide, the the racism, the xenophobia. I mean, this man stands for everything that is the opposite of the Nobel Peace Prize, and it just makes a mockery to even think of a person like that being nominated for this award, which has meant something throughout history. So did the presidency until fucking recently. So there's, well, so there's yeah, that. But, I mean, like, like, but, but, but we, everything- can't, we can't say that everybody who's been president has been a great moral person, has been intelligent, has been, you know, an important person. I mean, like, the la- the president before Barack Obama was, you know, mostly a terrible person who was fairly dumb and small minded and just like we looked down on him immensely and we should have. Um, and we didn't imagine that the GOP could could go lower. But here we are. Um. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I have moved into a space and like I am trying so hard to like have perspective to you know focus on self care and not lose my fucking mind but th- i feel like 
somebody's trying to test me. <laughs> like, I really, the news this week, like, I feel like somebody is trying to fucking test my resolve. I don't know if it's what is, Jesus. What is really, I don't, I don't know what, what is it is. really testing you? What's, what's really pushing you this So week? here's my thing that I am now through the roof about, which is Bob Woodward's book, right? Mm-hmm, Aptly mm-hmm. titled after me called Rage. Now, Bob Woodard decided over the course of several months to audio record Donald Trump for his interview for the book, where Donald Trump explicitly on tape says that he knew just how dangerous the coronavirus was, that he knew that it was going to kill old people as well as young people, that he knew it was fucking airborne and more and worse than your most strenuous flu, that he knew that it was going to be a national security threat paramount to the 1918 Spanish fucking flu. But Bob Woodward decided to hold on to that fucking information so he could sell a book. I literally... Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I You, you, you turned... You turned at the last second there. You turned yeah. to which I thought, oh, you were going somewhere no, else. I am going. But, I, 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 why are we critiquing media because and not media the president? Is, because the media is the reason we are here in the first fucking place. No, Had they no, done no, their no, job, no, 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 Had they done their job in 2015 no, 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 no. and not cared no, about no, no. ratings and saw that no, Hitler no, no, was no. on his way, we wouldn't be here. No, no. The GOP is the reason why we are here. Their support for this sort of racism, these sort of tactics, this sort of person, this sort of anti-intellectualism, anti-knowledge, anti-science. Trump is just the embodiment of the GOP that goes back to Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich that moves through George Bush and Sarah Palin, rejecting science, rejecting knowledge, rejecting everything but gut, rejecting elites, rejecting politicians, uh, all of that shit, re- like putting whiteness above everything. And, and Media who, adverti- who help- advertised that? Who enabled them to do that? Who didn't make it very clear no. and distinct to the American no. people well, just how dangerous it was to deny science, just how dangerous it was to create your own alternative facts? Who thought that Trump was look, a circus instead of the threat to national security there's, here? There's, there's no question that the lefty American media made significant mistakes within the 2016 campaign, which we have been seeing for years because Daniel's drinking early because it is the, coffee <laughs> <laughs> because it's it looks very red. It's Wednesday it look, and it look, I don't, it looks very maroon. It's very maroon. It's very maroon. It looks like eyes. red wine. It, it, and, and, I think there we've uh, I, we've discussed this before that many who are in journalism who are on the left are afraid of not seeming objective if they call a spade a spade if they say things like Trump is lying Trump is dangerous and we didn't get until really a good 2017 2018 till they started saying he's lying he's dangerous in 2015 2016 many of them were afraid to say what was fairly obvious to them 
that he's a liar, that he's racist, that he's dangerous. And that misled the American people. But the problem is, and I would be with you more, I didn't think you were going toward a critique of Bob Woodward. We are not in December. The election has not already happened, right? Dropping this information in September, uh, 50 days, over 50 days away from the election, definitely is very dangerous and damaging to Trump. The problem is Trump admitting publicly now that he's lying, that he knew this was a major problem, that he knew this was horrible, that he knew that this was going to kill a lot of people. And despite all of knowing all of that, that he decided to not do his job and just say, oh, look over there at that shiny object, as if we wouldn't notice hundreds of thousands of Americans dying in an incredibly short period of time. let's, let's be clear. I'm, I'm I mean, not, let's not forgive Trump I'm, for again that, failing who, on the job all, because if you're critiquing who said Bob, I was, because if your I'm critique gonna, is of Bob I'm Woodward, critique, then you're I'm not critiquing, critiquing Trump. Every fucking body, because you know what? There are too many white motherfuckers out here right now that think that it's totally okay for them to continue to make money, make profit off of the death or despair or work of other fucking people, and Bob Woodward. Just like everybody else, just like Michael Cohen, just like the other motherfucker that decided to sell a book instead of telling the truth, like just like all of them. Right. What's what's the difference here? And you want to talk about I'm not talking about the election tour. Right. I'm talking about the fact that back in February, when this interviews were happening, there were like a couple of thousand Americans that had died now in September. We are talking about nearly 200,000 Americans that are dead. No, but but Bob Woodward releasing this information in March or even April would not have changed the trajectory of how we are dealing with corona. Are you insane? Trump is doing what he wants to Trump do. Trump had told us He's, over that time to inject bleach, to take hydrochloroquine, to not wear a mask, and, and we, that everything— And we knew better. No, no, no. And we knew better. knew better. And media and, and Fauci better. and Burks were telling us this is and wrong. And the entire Fauci administration telling us this is told us that— Donald Trump didn't know. He didn't have the information. He's working on what he knows. And he was lying. And they were lying for him. We knew that. No. We knew no, that. Now no, we know no, Trump no. Was, knows that he was lying. Democrats knew that. The rest of the country did not know that, nor were they paying they attention are, to they, it. They, they are in a silo. They are in a bubble. They are determined to not listen to media. They are determined to say that media is lying to them. So Bob Woodward, the media institution, coming out earlier and telling Fox viewers, hey guys, this is the truth. This is what Donald Trump said. They would dismiss that out of hand. Donald Trump doesn't even need to say it's fake news. They will do that for him. They are already trained to do that for him. Media cannot save this 40% of the country that is dug in and listening to Trump and listening to Fox and Rush Limbaugh and not believing reality. They are stuck. They are on their own. All these Karens we see arguing in stores about their right to not wear masks because it's not a law. They are on their own path. They cannot be saved. They don't want to listen to facts, science, media. Fuck them. The problem is that they have a vote and they have a chance to decide who is the next president. But I, I'm not interested even at this point in trying to save people who are determined to not be saved. But the reality is, is that we can't just fuck them. Because if I if I could, 
Like, trust me, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd rather not talk about these people. I'd rather pretend that they don't exist. But the reality is, is that that's not how a virus works. We don't get to pretend that it's not happening. And we don't get to pretend that these people, if had been given the information from the horse's mouth, the horse that was continuing to tell them that this was a democratic hoax, but knew just exactly how deadly it was, right? Maybe we wouldn't have had people storming the Capitol buildings and screaming in police officers' faces, and we wouldn't have had this level of pushback from Republican governors because they would have been like, wait a minute, Trump is telling us this one thing, but actually he's saying this. The the information has been there from the beginning for anyone who wanted to be intelligent and look at it actually and in reality. So anyone who has been taking their information from Trump, who has been a consistent liar and gaslighter about everything and a complete ignoramus about everything, if you're saying, well, I was listening to him while Fauci was standing beside him going, no, guys, that's not true. That's not correct. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't do anything about it. We still you. have to understand that. You know, and I don't th- I don't think that even now. Bob Woodward will not be able to convince, and it's not his job. He's just presenting the truth, but uh, he will not be able to convince the 40% that are stuck on Trump like flies on shit that that he lied, that he knew, that he did not care about your health and the health of others. They still won't believe it. They will reject it. They don't care about media. They don't care about facts. Let me tell you something. All they care about is their guts. Everyone else, I don't care. Like, People need to understand, I don't give a fuck about the 40% of the country that is following Trump off a cliff. I don't. I care about the 100 million people that didn't vote in 2016. And these people should care about the fact that their kids are not back at school in a majority of places. That they're figuring out, if you're a single parent right now and working from home and have a child that is not of middle school age, you're pretty much screwed because you ain't doing nothing well. You are not able to teach your child well. You're not able to do your job well, but you're hanging on with both friggin' finger hands because of Donald Trump, because of his persistent and consistent fuck-ups. Right. And so people need to wake up to that fact. And I'm telling you that it is I am in a state of rage at the fact that it is consistent greed that stops people from doing the right thing. Like it is it is it's so disgusting to me the level of greed and the desire to hawk books. And I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, dead people don't vote and dead people don't buy books. But yes, let's fuck around, right? Like, let's continue to do that. I I don't care. This show is... From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. 
Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition the midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken politicians spend more time working for themselves their big donors and their political party instead of for us we as americans have had enough of the corruption partisan bickering and gridlock look i get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out but i'm here to tell you there's reason for hope our political system is broken now but we can fix it that's why we've partnered with representatives us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I, I, you know, I, I find the folks who are not voting even now, and there's always about a hundred million who don't vote. We get about 55 to 60% participation in this country. Um, I find they're, in action to be fairly disgusting so disgusting to be unpatriotic and un-american um the notion that both sides are equally bad is ignorant Mm. is rampant Mm. and it is also part of the republican nature of modern politicking when they want to create a food fight environment and the appearance of a food fight and the appearance that D.C. is dysfunctional. That, this is part of the goal of obstruction, to make it look that D.C. is dysfunctional and media plays into it. And it's very important media's part in playing into D.C. is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Lawmakers cannot decide on coronavirus bill. Mm-hmm. That is not at all accurate. Mm-hmm. But we get these sort of headlines, these both sides as headlines all the time, also from really apolitical local journalists who are quite often the main uh, conduit for many people who don't vote about their news. D.C. cannot decide about important issue. And they walk away saying both sides are equally bad. If you look at Trump and McConnell uh, and Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and think both sides are equally bad, I don't know if you are dumb or stupid. But it's one or the other because it's clear, it's not even 
close. And look, I, I think it would be extraordinarily important and revolutionary for American politics to adopt Australia's system of mandatory mm -hmm. voting. In Australia, everybody must vote. You may go into the polling station and chuck none of the above, but unless you have some medical waiver, you must cast a ballot. What happens if you I, don't vote? I'm just curious. Is the was there like you, a penalty? You get is there a, a fine? There is a there is a small fine mm -hmm. uh, for not voting. You, you nothing that you couldn't pay. Nothing that most people couldn't handle. But but still, like there's a, there's a small fine. So mm -hmm. you are highly motivated, highly incentivized to vote, and they get like 99 percent participation. And what that would do, because what we have right now is the the edges of the left and the right mm -hmm. are driving the political conversation and we would have many more people who are in the real center of america i think that's where you get voting depressed the most people who are in the middle um they, they would come into this into the political process much more and it would be a much more honest snapshot of america but i mean it, it is disgusting and frightening that even with the idiocy, the racism, the everything of Donald Trump that didn't vote will rival the amount that Trump and like if if didn't vote was a candidate, Trump and Biden would be in in deep combat with with didn't vote. And it's 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 very difficult. And and we're not even talking about those who are suppressed. Right. And those who have been kicked off the rolls for, you know, various things, just people who like just couldn't be bothered for whatever reason to show up. It, uh, it, it, it's you so know. sickening to me, you know, and and I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I wish that we would adopt that system from Australia, but we know good goddamn well that Republicans would never go for that because they don't want you to vote. Right. And I don't understand right. why it's so difficult for people to understand that if your vote was not valuable to them, then they wouldn't try and steal it. They wouldn't try and suppress it. Right. So, like, why don't you understand the power of your voice or why don't you give a fuck? Like, that's the thing. Like, if I if, if there were a campaign to be had, to be run, it would be to get the names of the 100 million people that are eligible to vote, to your point, that are not disenfranchised, that are not coming out of prison and trying to regain their vote, that are not gerrymandered, that just decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to watch Netflix, right? Like, I want to understand, I want to understand the psychology of those people. You know, you know I, I think the folks who would listen to this show are voters, right? They are so engaged in the process that they would take time to listen to a podcast about politics, right? So so the folks who are hearing this are are committed, right? And probably showing up in off-year elections as well. But there are a significant number of black people who I think are not voting out of a a sort of almost conspiracy theorist sense of it doesn't really matter. The political process doesn't change our lives. It doesn't have an effect on us. And I would amend what I said before about they're either stupid or dumb because I know they're not all dumb. I, I, was, I was once at dinner with Most Deaf and several other extremely intelligent uh, 
artist, creative, brilliant people. And, you know, Most Def is an extraordinarily compelling person. And he starts talking and his monologuing. And everyone else who's usually an alpha in the room is just listening <laughs> to Most. Oh, my God. And he was going on and on and on about things that basically about how the political system doesn't matter and it doesn't affect our lives. And we cannot expect it to be the source of change in our lives. And, you know, when you look at places like New Orleans and Flint um, and other places, it's easy to say we are locked in generational poverty Mm -hmm in generational war with the police, in generational mass incarceration. The politicians say they're going to do something, but they only come down to ask us for their vote, our vote, uh, once every four years or so. They don't really care about us the rest of the time. And so the whole system doesn't matter. And I, 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 I find that a very offensive way to look at things, but there are a lot of black people who very very well-articulated visions of why voting does not matter. And it's quite frightening. You know, and and what I think that that, what, what, what that feels like to me is a significant amount of disrespect. It is a significant amount of disrespect, not for the country, fuck the country. Like as, 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 as it has been built by us, but without us in mind. Right. But, the people who died for it. Why does that not matter? Why does that not matter? The people who died, who were bloodied, who were beaten, who were jailed, who like used their lives to get us further down the arc, right? Like, why can't you, you know, Ice Cube this fucking week is telling people like not to vote. That's not it. Right? Like Ice Cube is on fucking Twitter telling people not to vote. Meanwhile, you have Snoop Dogg, because you're talking about artists. And I really appreciated this. It was a couple of months ago on his Instagram, Snoop Dogg didn't realize that he was allowed to vote. He thought because he had been in jail that he wasn't able to vote and that he just learned that he has been eligible to vote. And is like now urging people who other people who were incarcerated to like check the records and see whether or not they they can actually register to vote because he is going to be voting for the first time in this upcoming election. And so it just it's like I look at these people and it pisses me off specifically with black people because I'm like. You are here because of the sacrifices of other people. You are here because like generations of people died to get you here. And I just don't, I don't understand the, just the blatant neglect and disregard for their lives and their sacrifice. You know, I, I, I totally feel you. And so much of my life and the choices that I have made in my life have come from a feeling of like, people have died and fought and sacrificed so that I can be here and a child of affirmative action to be able to get into private school and to get into college and have a media career. And I owe so much to my father, my mother, 
you know, my spiritual and political fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers who fought and had less opportunity. Um, people, activists, people in media, you know, I think very consciously about people like Max Robinson, you know, who's the first black person to be the, an anchor of a network news show. Um, Carol Simpson, you know, people from the past who paved the way for me to be here. And so when I have these moments on television or this show with you, these are sacred opportunities and voting, raising your voice, marching in the street. You know, these are part of that, that sacred opportunity. I have to carry the ball forward. And, and, you know, when I, when I first took my family to the, you know, the Black Smithsonian, mm, the National mm, mm-hmm, Museum of African American mm-hmm. History and Culture, and you walk through the bottom floors where they talk about um, the resistance that the slaves were leading in the early part of being enslaved, almost from immediately they were like, oh, fuck this, we got to get out of here, we're meeting in the town square to rebel and this and that. Uh, you know, it, it made me feel like, wow, so many people have fought so that I could have the life that I have. And if I have... Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And I have to give back in terms of voting, in terms of protesting, in terms of you know raising my voice wherever I can. I have to do that. I remember being in college and thinking, you know, if I was white and I didn't feel this responsibility to so many people in the past, it would be fun to join the CIA and see what that life is like. There was a CIA recruiter who had come and was addressing us, and I was like, that would be fun. But I have all these people whose shoulders I feel I am standing on, and I I, I can't, I can't. And, you know, perhaps somebody could say, well, you could have made your own sort of difference within the CIA, and perhaps, but at that time, I didn't see that. And I was like, part of me thinks that would be interesting and fun and valuable, but because I'm standing on these other people's shoulders, I have to do something else that honors their choices, their sacrifices, their work. And voting 
is part of that. You know, when you call it a sacred obligation, like that really hits me. That hits me to the importance and like the responsibility that we have. You know, I I will say to folks that like my family came here from Jamaica, right? And when each one of my family members became citizens of this country, it was a big fucking deal. Like their opportunity to vote for the first time was a big deal. It was a proud moment, you know, in in our family, um, in in each of their lives individually. And, you know, I even think, I think now as like, right before this, so that I tried not to have the level of rage that I have, like meditated. And I think about the fact that like, Black people, who who got to sit and have like quiet space generation ago? Who got to sit like with themselves and their thoughts and like, do you know what I'm saying? Sit in no one. Well, wait, well, 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 you you make me think about the black arts movement, right? And the 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 poetry slams mm-hmm. of you know uh, of of Nikki Giovanni and, and you know Leroy Jones, uh, Miri Baraka, and uh, you know Sonia Sanchez and you know so many others and they must have had some level of peaceful self-care had joyful to. moments yeah. had to you know it, it it couldn't just all be just weird you know so I mean I think there's some of that but I th- I mean even to think about I mean like joy in the black community has always been political right and like mm-hmm. The 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 almost fury with which we party, you know, and thinking about like you know a juke joint back in the twenties <laughs> or the eighteen hundreds, and that thing is fucking rocking because they are shaking off the stress and anxiety mm-hmm. from being black all day long, mm-hmm. and like the level with which we party is so intense. So I mean, like we've always had that way of like finding that moment to like shake off the bullshit with some like great music and great dancing and passionate like sort of engagement even in church yes right yes. which so as often is like you know it might as well be a party the way the choir is rocking the way the you know the 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 preacher is sermonizing the way that you know the music is is just rollicking um you know i mean like it, 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 so we find these ways of enjoying ourselves in deep, passionate ways. So, like we we are finding that, like meditation is like a newer, sure. perhaps way of doing. But like, I mean, like we've always had to find that to like so, that way of soothing ourselves just to get through the damn day. I mean, it's just you know, it's funny because I think that obviously for either one of us, I wouldn't choose to be any fucking thing else other than black. Right. Like you were to bring a genie down and say, like, well, you know, would you like to would you like to try something else? You know, this seems tough. <laughs> this this seems rough. I know it's hard. You know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Uh, do you want to would you, would you like to switch? You want to shake it up? And I would be <laughs> wanna, like, want to be white. And I would be like, no, I want I want to have no real like awareness. Right. Like of the of like of of others, of of my privilege, of like space and time of no, you know, deep connection to the to the the building of of this of this space and this place to music, to art, to all. No, I wouldn't. But at the same time, 
the release is so fucking necessary. The release of this all is so necessary, especially now, because I mean, to watch the parade of mediocrity, (laughs) the parade of white mediocrity, I think is what is killing me inside. Barack Obama had to be exceptional. Michelle Obama had to be exceptional. And then white people are like, but look at what we can do. Not a fucking thing. And still, we can be pathetic, can be pathetic and, pre- and still become president. I mean, president. we've had two, two pathetic white men become president in between, sandwiched between one extraordinary black man. Where I thought you were going with that, which is also real, is that if if you know the time travel man came and said, would you like to travel back to any time in the last 500 years as a black person? Be like, no. Mm, no, I'm good. Can no, we go to, can we no. go forward? <laughs> can we go forward? Can we go, Cause it's gotta be, I forward? mean, maybe, maybe the sixties to see like what it would have been like to be one of the Panthers and down just with Malcolm X. Just open your window. Like, maybe. But, <laughs> like just open them. Open the fucking blinds. But God, I mean, it, I mean, you know, we are fortunate to be black people at this moment in history because we're free. Previous moments have been worse <laughs> and worse and worse and ish. I mean, maybe, maybe if you were like, well, you could go back like seven hundred years ago in Africa, oh, like kings and queens. That might be dope. Okay. That might be dope. Okay. That might be dope. Well, but we wouldn't necessarily be the kings and queens. Like it's dope True. for the king and the queen, but for everybody else, it's like, eh, you know, this is okay. I'm gonna ask to peek at the transcript <laughs> before I make that selection. I think I'd rather just yeah. go to the future. Take me to the year 3000, yeah. because if we're still doing this shit in the year 3000, first of all, if the earth still exists, which kind of a far, that's kind of a stretch, but like, <laughs> but if it, probably not. it, probably not, but if it does and we're still doing this, but in like spacesuits and people are still out fucking protesting, like, you know, astro police brutality, like I just cannot, I can't. Well, if you read um, Homo Deus, which talks about the future um, of everything. He's like, you know, will humans be in charge of the globe in 500 years? No way. A hundred years? Maybe, maybe not. Like AI and computers will be in charge at some point in probably our grandchildren's lives. Like they'll be too smart for us to be able to say like we're go- we're not going to like let them basically be in charge of the important shit and like yeah. uh, you know we're going to see he thinks we're going to cede our dominance of the planet to the robots that we are now creating well um you know america has already so, ceded so, its global its global dominance of right? of the of the world i mean just think about it right the demise has already begun rome has been on we're- fire Right. We've already we've already seeded our American exceptionalism and our leadership over the last four years. You don't get that back. Oh, we're, we're a shithole country. We're, we're a shithole, third we're world a shithole, country. shithole country. I mean, if America was not America, would we be wanting to invade America? Yes. 
to save America from Trump and Corona and like, you know, like the, the police attacking black people in the streets and like, yo, they need some help. We need to we need to go in there and invade and install democracy in that country because <laughs> that country is fucking up the rest of the world. Oh, my God. That is us. We are that. <laughs> we need to be invaded. Should we write a letter? We need to be invaded by us. <laughs> like, can we write by a us? letter? This is why we write I get mad to? when people see this is what I, when I get mad when people say like, well, America's the greatest country in the world and wanting to compare it to other countries. And the question is not America versus other countries. The question must be America versus itself. Is America as great as it could be? Is America as great as it has been in the past? Is America as great as it surely will be at some point in the future? Be it a year from now, four years from now, 10 years, whatever. And the answer is no. America is not as great as it could be. America is not as great as it has been. America is not nearly as great as it will be. And co- comparing us to other nations is irrelevant. I think, right? yeah. We are not being what we can be. I think that that's absolutely right. It has always been the idea, though, that we would compare ourselves to other people to show just how much better we are, right? Like, oh, it is, you look at the continent of Africa, savages, right? Shitholes. You look at, you know, Europe, oh, they had their heyday. We still like to vacation there, but nobody really wants to live there, right? Like you look around, that's that's how America has always positioned itself. But when you go, when you travel, right? Of course, we can't travel anywhere now. Our passports are toilet no. paper, which is good because <laughs> the country doesn't have toilet paper or fucking, or fucking you know, paper towels, because, right? <laughs> but when you travel and you under, and you begin to un, you begin to unlearn the lies that we've been told, but then you also are presented with the history of America through a, du- a different lens, right? Yeah. That's when you understand that, oh, our history is completely and totally skewed. Our history is skewed to make us all feel good. American history, right? When you look at the Vietnam War through the eyes of the Vietnamese, it's it's not oh, you know, like yeah. you look at our yeah. invasions, our occupations, right? I talked to um uh Congresswoman uh Stacy Stacy Platt uh Platt the other day who represents the Virgin Islands and she's just like, "We want to talk about liberation. How about the fact that we're a territory?" How about the fact that you don't still talk about like American colonialism in the 21st century? And I was like, oh shit, you ain't ever lie. Mm, God, please. We have to fix our house before we can invade any other country. Well, we're not invading anything because one, Trump has pissed off everybody in the military by calling them suckers and losers. So they're probably, you know, not going to do the most anymore right like suckers and losers and says that people who have dedicated their life to public service are idiots because they should have gone after the money because it doesn't pay like this is i mean he said this i mean you know we see once again that service that giving to others, that even just basically caring about others. These are foreign concepts to him Mm. that mean nothing, that he does not care about at all. And you shouldn't be the leader of all the people 
if caring about others is an idea that cannot take root in your fucking head. <laughs> Do you know what I didn't realize until recently, Tourette? Because that is so right. Is like the character that is necessary in a president. We just kind of assumed mm. that presidents would have empathy, right? That they would, mm. you know, not be compulsive liars. Of course, politicians say that they will provide you things that they don't always do, but they don't, you know, set out to gaslight you. You know, that you have compassion, mm. that you have integrity. It was never a question. It was just a matter of fact. Donald Trump doesn't possess any of that because he's a sociopath. Like a complete and total sociopath. The idea of sacrifice to him, to your point, is something that he cannot wrap his small, narrow mind around. What is compassion? What is service to somebody that has only ever been served? It's just that it, it's... Mm, mm. What is service? To someone who's only ever been served. <sighs> Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we may be back Who the fuck week? knows? You know, all I can tell I people is continue to pray. Okay? And if you're at 60% chance? 40? 60% chance we have a country? I just hope that we get to share a cell so that we can still we can still do this show, but like for the prisoners, you know. <laughs> oh my god! I so I saw that 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 Handmaiden's Tale meme the other day, where the Handmaidens from the Handmaiden's Tale show are sitting there, and they're like the four of them are talking, and one of them's like, "Yeah, I just didn't like <laughs> I Biden." Just didn't like Biden. <laughs> And four years ago, it was like, yeah, I just didn't like Hillary. And now it's like, I just didn't like Biden. And like, yeah. yeah, you better get out there and vote. Fuck that 100 million people who ain't vote. You better get out there and fucking yeah. vote. Yeah, wear a shit. mask, social distance, bring a snack and some water and go fucking vote. Hazmat suited up and cast your fucking vote. All right. Peace. Peace.